Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla. Today, I have a special guest, Jen Shin, the owner of Jen Shin Studios. Hi, Jen. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, basically, this show is just getting to know local business and community leaders in the DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia. They get to share this story to the audience, how they all started and how they got from point A to point B. Um, so we can start off with where you grew up. Are you from here? How it all started? Yeah, I'm from, well, I was born in Shady Grove Hospital. <laughs> in where? I'm sorry? Shady Grove. Oh, Shady Grove. That's yeah. very popular. All yeah. three of my kids were Shady Grove. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was born there. Um, and then I grew up in Montgomery County most of my life. I moved to Montgomery County in like sixth grade. But before that, I lived in Frederick. So been pretty familiar with this area, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so. So you did high school in Montgomery County? You graduated from, okay. Yeah, well, I went to... Uh, my freshman year, I went to Damascus High School. My sophomore year, I went to Clarksburg High School. And then my junior and senior year, I went to Urbana High School in Frederick County. Okay. Okay. So, so, so you graduated from Urbana. Home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then from there, did you go on to school afterwards? Or what was that, What happened after high school? Yeah. So after, um, after high school, I was actually planning, since like seventh grade, I was actually planning um, to joined the FBI Academy in Quantico. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I actually wanted to do that since the seventh grade. Since seventh grade. Mm -hmm. What what made you decide back then to FBI? I don't know. I think it's like I began wanting to become like a police officer um, and like something that has to do with, you know, justice, whatever, you know, yeah, a little law. Okay. okay. But I wasn't smart enough for law school, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm more of a a hands-on kind of person I want to sure. be a cop or a police officer and then um I saw the movie Miss Congeniality and I wanted to become an FBI agent after okay. that thanks yeah, to so Sandra Bullock yes thank you <laughs> um and then after yeah and after that I attended MC for I think a few semesters and then I actually moved to Virginia Northern Virginia and I went to Northern Virginia Community College and then wanted to go to Mason and then eventually from Mason go to the FBI Academy in Quantico so you were, when you were in starting an MC and the toll transfer, were you going for undergrad for criminology or, or criminal, justice. criminal justice, criminal justice? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that was my major. Um, and that, you know, sure. That, yeah. That's pretty did, much did you, did you know anyone that was in law enforcement or an FBI or, I mean, we're in DC, so yeah, this is obviously CIA, Pentagon, FBI, all that. Yeah. I actually didn't. I didn't know anybody. Okay. Um, now I do, though, now that I'm older. Yes. Um, I know a few people who are actually agents or they say they are, but they're not really allowed to say, you know, or their government, they work for the government. Or sure. A lot of, like, my cousin is a police officer in Ashburn, Virginia. So, okay. yeah, so, like, I'm around that now, but back then I was the only one who was interested in stuff like that. Um, you know, my dad wasn't too happy about that. So, oh really? Yeah, just because it was not a safe job. It's not a career for women, you know. What, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah. So Jen, so your parents. What what's your background? I know you were born here in Shady Grove. Mm -hmm. Were your parents also born here? Or? No. So they're they're both from Korea. So they're both born in Korea, but they came here when they were pretty young. So I think like my dad was like around 
15, 16. Okay. okay. Too, yeah. Okay. So they were in the States, just not like in Maryland. And then they ended up moving to Maryland and getting married here. And then that's how it all happened. Yeah. Family here? Yeah. Okay. All my family is pretty much in Maryland. Okay. So from MC to Northern Virginia to Mason, right? Mm -hmm. And then did you finish criminal justice or what happened to George Mason? Yeah, so I, I, did, <laughs> I didn't finish. Okay. <laughs> I tried, I tried my hardest, you know, but uh, I actually had a family emergency where, because um, I was living in Virginia at the time in Fairfax. So I was living there, I was trying to get uh, Virginia State re Residency so that way I can get in-state tuition for Mason. So in order to get residency in Virginia, I have to live there for one year um, at the time. So I was trying to just live there for one year. And then that way I don't have to pay out-of-state tuition because I was like double or triple of what this, the tuition was at Mason. Mm -hmm. um, but actually ended up just, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to because my mom got sick. Okay. So I actually ended up moving back to Maryland to- um, Urbana? Um, yeah, I lived in like Clarksburg. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I ended up moving back in with my parents um, to take care of the family. And so you left Mason and went back to Clarksburg? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was this like fourth year in Mason or? No, no, I was, I was like first. Like it was like I was just beginning. I, had, don't, I didn't have any credits. Like I, I had credits from Northern Virginia, but I had no credits from Mason. Oh, so you weren't really much time in MC and yeah. you were, you, okay. Okay. I think okay. I was really like one semester at MC and then like two or three semesters at Nova. Okay. From what I remember. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, so, well, why'd you, why'd you decide to go to Virginia? Um, cause at the time the criminal justice program was really, apparently it was very good in, okay. um, at Mason, but I also wanted to get a feel for also like the in-state tuition and residency in Virginia if I was going to attend the school in Quantico. So kind of getting to like know the area and everything like that. But okay. you know, at that it, time I had that five-year plan and it literally did not happen okay. that way at all. So it is Mason better ranked with criminal justice? Because I, I went to College Park University of Maryland and I had a couple of friends in the criminal, criminal justice major department. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a pretty good school. But I, again, I don't know how College Park University of Maryland ranked compared to George Mason with that specific major. Yeah, I'm from... What I remember, I feel like it was pretty high up there. And I remember I was thinking, because I didn't want to stay in Maryland. I wanted to, like, be a little further away from home, but still be sure. close enough to visit, yeah. you know? So, and I was, so I was like, oh, I kind of want to try that. And, yeah. yeah, just did not <laughs> work out that way. So first year, you had to leave Mason, head back to Clarksburg to be with your mom, who was yeah. sick, correct? Yes. Yeah. And then from there, what happened? Yeah. So from there, I, um, you know, we didn't really know what was happening at the time. So she had brain cancer. Um, you know, I was 20 at that time. I mean, when I found out she had cancer, I think I, I, I can't remember. I was like, I had to be 19 or something like that. I have an older brother and a little brother. So I'm the middle child. Okay. Um, were they also all in Clarksburg or just you? My older brother lives in Colorado and okay. my little brother, um, Was he there? now lives in Lake Falls Church, like Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Cause he works in DC. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, um, so it was just you and your little brother there and your parents. Yeah. Okay. When you moved back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't really know what was happening. We didn't really know the, the seriousness of the situation because my mom never really acted like anything was wrong. So she was always pretty strong and she didn't really like complain a lot. So we never, us as kids, we never really saw her in pain or suffering. You know, she was going through radiation and chemotherapy and all these things. She was losing her hair, like, you know, everything like that. And we saw the happiness that she, you know, would always, she would always be so happy. So we never really, thought much like you were she, we were just like oh she's sick but she's not like sick sick you know um did but you that, know it was brain cancer yeah okay okay but you're like she seems okay her attitude or okay. okay like so yeah in the in the early stages it was like she was fine and we kind i mean at this now that i'm thinking back it's like obviously we should have been there 
to take it more seriously. Um, but because she was so like, okay, we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, until, of course, things started to decline a little more. And then, you know, we started taking it a lot more serious. And I ended up actually not ever going back to Virginia. I ended up completely moving back home. And from that point on, I surrendered all my credits for school. Um, could not go back to school after that because I was in a lot of debt. Um, especially since my mom also had a lot of hospital bills and hospice bills and things stacked up that way. I did not have money to go back to school. And at that time I was working three jobs. So I quit all of those and ended up moving back home and then getting jobs around this area. So that was just a big jumble of things happening, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Like it, to me, now that I'm thinking back, it's a, it's a big mess of a, a mess. It was just like a lot of things happening at once. How long you would say was that time frame from when you moved back in that whole period of time? It was about a year, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, you said she started going downhill and... Yeah. Yeah. So she started, yeah, her health was declining, um, you know, and we would go to the doctors and they would tell us like she has about a month or she has about 60 days you know, but they told us she has about two months left. Um, and then she ended up living for another year. (laughs) So yeah. So she was a fighter for sure. Okay. For sure. Fighter. Um, but you know, because of the fact that the doctors are telling us one thing and then she's, they're like, Oh, she's going to lose her ability to walk in the next couple weeks. And then she's in the next couple weeks, she's over here. She's running around it's very strange, you know? So like, we're all like, we don't know what to believe. So we're just gonna believe what we see and we're gonna spend this time the way that we want to spend it with her, you know? Because we also know that she's not gonna be living forever. Um, And then eventually, yeah, it went downhill. She started losing her memory. And um, after after that, it was just kind of just a, you know, you gotta step in and kind of put the big big boy pants on. Yeah, so. How, how old was she when she passed away? Do you remember her age? I, so I was 20, and I'm now 29. Okay. <laughs> like, what, how old was she? She was in her 40s. She was young. Early 50s. Yeah, she was very young. Okay. Yeah, my little brother was, like, 14, you know. Yeah. Like, or something like that. Like, it seems like such a long, like, time ago, but it doesn't. It's kind of weird. So you were 20 in the end when she passed? Yeah, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she, or I had just turned 21. So she, I actually, during that time she was sick, um, that's when I had to decide what I was going to do. I I didn't know whether I should go back to school or if I could even afford it or if I should just be, go, I don't know, become a bartender or if I should do this and, um, you know, at that time, I, I had no hobbies. I had nothing I was interested in. And I mean, two things that I could think of was culinary school, because I like to cook, or I thought, <laughs> but I wanted to be more of like a pastry chef, okay. or would be like a hairstylist, because I like to do my friend's hair, and I like to style my own hair. Okay. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought it was cool. But I was very, you know, I was not a girly girl, so... I kind of was like, oh, I might not like it as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually emailed both my hair school and the culinary school that I was going to go to. And I said, whichever one emails me back first is where I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah. And were they both local? Yeah. So okay. I went to Paul Mitchell, the temple in Frederick. Yeah. Um, but I also emailed this culinary school that actually closed down. It was in Gaithersburg. It's where Jaw went. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's okay. where my little brother went there as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that what he did? Yeah, my little brother's a chef. So, yeah. Oh, he actually went there. Ja actually recommended the school for us. So, ah, okay. that's how we know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a small world. Okay. But, so, then the Paul Mitchell got, got back to you first, you said, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Paul Mitchell so, did like three hours before the culinary school. So, and there you went. And there I went. <laughs> there I went. My mom was still sick at the time. Okay. But I had to figure out, like, you know, 
what is this next career step I'm going to make? I'm 20 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Maybe one day I'll go back and revisit the, the, um, the criminal justice world. But for now, I have to figure out what I can do. And, you know, at the time, I was actually dating somebody um, who, told, who was in hair school at the time. And he was encouraging me to go. Okay. And so he's actually the reason why I went. And still to this day, he's a very good friend of mine. Okay. Um, and he was very close with my family and everything like that too. But yeah, he's actually the reason why I went. Um, and we went to school together and everything. And yeah, I mean, it's just weird. You know, the saying when life gives you lemons. You make um, lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, that's what really came out of this an unfortunate circumstance that happened right. you know, with your mother. Yeah. Um, what would you say you learned from that, if anything at all, from for everything you went through, the, those, those tough few years you went back home and transitioned into this? I would say, I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that, from just like everything that happened in the span of like two years that my life was flipped upside down. You know, the house that I grew up in, we had to short sale. Um, my dad filed for bankruptcy. Um, you know, my brother was forced to live in a different place because we couldn't afford, you know, we just couldn't wow. afford this. Like our life was just like, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, you shouldn't complain. You know, I would never complain. Um, cause there's people out there who have it way worse, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah. It's just, I would say like, just because you have a plan and things don't work out, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You know, so I had a five-year plan and literally one month of that plan went correctly. So, you know, and now I'm here. So I never would have thought I have a, a hair salon on Rockville Pike. And you can see it from when you're driving on the pike. You know, I would have never thought that if you told me this 10 years ago, I graduated high school in 2009. Like that, if you told me this in high school, I'd be like, you're, that's stupid. <laughs> you know but it's just I think you know the what I learned is that you can never be too sure of your plans and you kind of have to roll with the punches at that at that point you know yeah yeah, yeah. so that's good that's what I would say so you finished hair, hair school right am I saying it correctly mm -hmm. okay and then in there do you specialize in something because what you do now it, it it's very specific than what if you would go to any order unisex hair salon for example right yeah. so did yeah. it start there as far as the specialty or how, how did that evolve i think the hair school itself it's 1500 hours of cosmetology like the program so you learn you know the fundamentals you learn the basics so i think i didn't learn a lot about technique and skill until after i actually exited hair school yeah, because it, I feel like that comes with experience and like working at different salons and like getting your hands in different kinds of hair, different, different types of hair and things like that. But yeah, I would say like in school, it was just very basic. Um, to be completely honest, like I don't feel like I did too much in school. Like I, I don't feel like I got everything out of school that I could have because, you know, when you're in school, it's school, you, you, just yeah. you don't attention <laughs> things like that so um yeah i agree i think it's more hands-on what you learn on the field there yeah than the books well not well not books because you're not books but they're, you know, they're yeah. books. Yeah. oh okay okay that was the worst part because it was like yeah well that's when i found out that i wasn't actually cut out for school i was i was meant to do things with my hands and make things or create things i was never meant to read books and write papers and things like that. So I actually found that out in hair school because I actually did try to go back to school at MC for a couple okay. of classes. <laughs> well, you were at the same time at hair school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to try and then yeah. it didn't work out. No, it was terrible. <laughs> you try though. Yeah, I but, tried. And I, yeah, that's what but you know what, Jen, it's good that it happened during that fair first year instead of second, third or fourth year in. So, exactly. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Blessings in disguise. You yes. Know? You, yes. Can never, you can never be, you can never complain. You should never complain about what you have, what's handed to you, whatever, you know? So, because now I have a salon on Michael Pike. I, I love that 
positive mental attitude. You know, not many people unfortunately have that, but yeah. you know, being an entrepreneur, having your own business, I think that's a must for you to be successful long-term. Yes. Um, I'm curious, did you just have that in you or did you see it in someone in the family or someone close to you as far as that positivity, especially everything you just went through with your mother and now going to hair, hair school and all this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's my, I mean, my mom is a huge influence, you know, huge. So she was very, obviously she was a very strong woman. Like you mentioned, very positive too. Like scary strong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I strive to be her one, one day. Okay. But that, I think that positivity and the mindset that I have now was like, you know, a, a mixture of my mom and dad, obviously, but I, you know, I, because I don't have her here anymore, she did, she did pass away. Um, you know, I think that's even more important because now it's like, oh, I can like, I can like prove to her that, you know, that shit didn't get me down kind of thing, you know? Yeah. My dad too, like, you know, that thank you, you know, he raised me the way that he raised me and blah, 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 blah. So yeah. Um, uh, I think she'll be very happy and proud of you. Yeah. Looking from right now. Oh, she, I'm sure. I'm sure. She better be. Yeah. But no, if she was here, I'm sure she'd be so proud. She'd probably be my most annoying client. You know, coming <laughs> here like all the time. I feel like she owns the place. Telling you what to do. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Saying everything's dirty or something like that. Yeah, that's her. But no, it, it, you know, everything I do is pretty much for her. So it's, it's you know, what I've learned from her just, you know, even though she passed away when I was young, um, I still think that 20 years of my life was enough for me to be able to make the right decisions and be positive while I'm making the decisions, not always be so mad at the world. Cause I used to be, you know, but everything happens for a reason. So you used to be, when did that, when did that happen? Probably when she passed away. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, so that's I, when you change as far as your mindset and your thinking. I think so. It was like around that time because, you know, before I was like, I was right out of high school. I was, you know, that rebellious teenage age and, you know, I was mad at everybody if I didn't get my way and I was a spoiled brat, you know. So when you reach that age, you're like 16, 17, you're a girl and, you know, you, you're different. Um, you know, you're just mad at people for no reason. <laughs> you get mad at people. So... I think after she was gone or like, you know, during that time that led up to that point, I think I matured a lot in terms of that. Um, okay. But yeah. After hair salon school, how long was that for? That was for about a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then you come out of there and you already have something lined up as far as where you're going for work? Uh, yeah. So I actually worked at a hair salon in Elkhead City okay. um, while I was in school so that I could get some experience in the salon as well as in school. So I worked there a couple times a week. Um, and then once I graduated school, I ended up getting a full-time job there. And I ended up moving up to Ellicott City for that job. Okay. Um, after, after a couple months of, you know, working. Mm -hmm. um, and then that, that, that was the first salon I worked at right out of hair school. I worked there for a year, year and a half. And then, yeah, after that, I found a different salon to go to and then work there for a little bit and then found a different salon to go to work there for a bit. And then, you know, eventually mustered up the courage to kind of go out and do my own thing. Yeah. When did it start Jen, as far as what you do now with your technique, was that from first salon or when, because that was a process, right? Mm -hmm. Since you were not taught that during school. No. So yeah. Okay. So I think every salon I went to, I picked up something different. So like the first salon I worked at, I picked up a lot of cutting techniques and there was a lot of stylists there that had a lot of years under their belt. So I would watch them. I would learn from them. They would teach me cause I was just like the little baby. Um, and then, you know, my second salon, I learned a lot about organization because the, when I got the job there, it was a brand new salon. So I learned a lot about what it takes, I guess, to see what, what, what you see, what you notice, uh, how to advertise, things like that. And then the third salon, that's when I, I uh, learned a lot about color and techniques of color and using color and manipulating color. Okay. Yeah. So then that basically everything mixed together is what I have now. <laughs> yeah. 
So it wasn't until the third salon that you did the whole coloring, right? Yeah, I did a okay. little bit in the first one, but yeah, mainly the third salon I worked at was like a lot of coloring, a lot of intense like transformations. Um, but I, I just basically just took what I wanted to take from whoever I wanted to learn from, whether it was someone who I met in California or social media was a really big influence at that time too for me. So if I saw someone on Instagram that I liked the way they looked or the way they do hair, I would follow them and watch their videos okay. and ask them questions and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was that I just kind of adapted that way. And now you mentioned marketing. You learned a lot in the second one and you do a fantastic job with marketing as far as your social media marketing. Mm -hmm. um, did it always start with Instagram because you're, you, you have a very good following there or how did that come about? I think I feel Instagram is definitely a big platform because it's all visual. Yes. So, you know, Twitter is something that's more vocal and you read a lot, but mm -hmm. Instagram is you just keep scrolling and there's just pictures on pictures on pictures. It could be a video. It could be a slideshow. It could be anything. So, um, you know, that was actually really important growing my portfolio because people could look at my pictures on Instagram and say, Oh, I really like this color. I want okay. this color next. I want to go to her to get my hair done. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. And my third boss, he is actually the one who taught a lot about Instagram and um, he was really into social media, like super, super into social media. Okay. Uh, that's when like Instagram started becoming really big too. So it was like perfect timing. <laughs> when, when did you get into Instagram? Do you remember? It was uh, when I was in hair school. Oh, wow. So you've been on a, you've been on the plant for, for a long, well, yeah. what, eight, nine years. Yeah. So it was, okay. I remember getting it in hair school and I was taking all these pictures of like what I was doing that day or, you know, nobody was watching it, but I just wanted to post it. And now when you go all the way down my Instagram, I've actually gotten rid of all of those posts because it's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but they're also like, you should have left it there. I mean, why not? It's the beginning. I know. That's they're, how we all start. They're actually archived. So they're saved, but they're just not shown. Oh, on. they're just not in public. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't want to get rid of them. You know, it's like when I did my first haircut, it was so terrible, but I was like so proud of it, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, the quality of the pictures is terrible because the iPhones back then were so bad. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I actually started in hair school taking pictures of, you know, things that I thought were cool at the time or, you know, what you, I did. You were posting often, right? What, daily or very often? Yeah, okay. I was probably posting at least once a day. Okay. Yeah. It takes commitment. Mm -hmm. yeah and now, yeah and now I actually don't post as much on the feed but I actually post a lot of Instagram stories which is like the new feature that they came out with recently mm -hmm. um, yeah it goes away in 24 hours or whatever so yeah are you just in Instagram or you do anything else as far as social media um not really okay I have a Facebook page like for the salon but I don't ever go on it do you um, post things there if I post it on my Instagram, it'll show up on the Facebook because it's linked. Oh, automatically got it. Okay. Like, yeah, I won't like physically go on the Facebook just to post something. Okay. Um, and then like we have like a Yelp page sure. that I actually opened like three years ago when I first opened my first salon suite. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I have that, but I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, Instagram is pretty much the only thing. So what made you, Jen, to think, so many people, you know, are hairstylers or barbers forever, and they're just renting a booth or a chair, whatever it may be, but you decided to go off on your own and open your own place. Um, when, did, when did that come? When did you think about it? Why did you decide to go that route? <laughs> well, so that was, what, 2017. I had been working at that salon the third salon that I was talking about with the whole, you know, all the color and stuff. Um, but I did not feel like I was living up to the potential that I had, I guess. I understand. Um, I didn't feel like I was appreciated working there. Okay. And I wasn't given the right resources and tools to properly do my job some days. And that kind of triggered something to make me feel like I wanted to do something about it. Um, you know, I wasn't confident, but I was fed up with the fact that, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, 
if you have an artist and you don't give them a paintbrush and a paper and paint, what the hell are they going to do? Just stand there. And sometimes I would go to work and I wouldn't have my paintbrush, my, my paper, my paint, you know, I wouldn't have the tools I need to even be successful to the point where I had to turn my clients away. Oh, wow. Because products weren't ordered on time or, you know, just things were not organized. And I just, I ultimately at the end of the day, I was not, I did not feel like I was appreciated by where I was working. Okay. Um, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of us felt that way. A lot of the people who I worked with at the time that now do not work there. We all now, left. Do those people have their own place or they just yeah. went, Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pretty uh, much everyone who left there has their own salon now. Oh, that's great. In Rockville. Okay. Or, or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, in a way it's, you work somewhere and you're grateful. But at the same time, if that's not fulfilling the needs that you need to be successful in your own idea of success, then it's not worth it to stick around and to, you know, do that. You know, someone else's dream does not mean it has to be your dream, you know. So yes. eventually, you know, that person is going to hire more people and hire more stylists and more systems and things that could help their brand. But I just wasn't going to be one of them to yeah. continue doing that. Yeah. It was your time. Yeah, it was my time to go. <laughs> What would you say that drives you or motivates you? Um, I think it is when people don't believe in me. That's okay. Yeah. I, that's pretty much it. When people say I can't do something, I will do it. Okay. I'll so you, yeah. you, want, you want to show them otherwise. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just, I'm so weird like that, but I, I've been told that I can't do it, you know, that I couldn't do this. And now I have this. So I think the person that told me that probably feels like shit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't feel like it's uh, a nice thing at all to ever tell someone that they can't do something or that they're not good enough to do something smart enough or anything like that. I just don't think that's fair. You don't know someone's potential, you know? Yeah. I think that for me is in a way for me to kind of prove someone wrong and make sure that they know that they don't know who I am or what they can tell me to do and you know, things like that. So that's good. But you use that to drive you. Yeah. Some, some other people just get pushed down, um, right. but you use it as fuel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel bad for those people who get pushed down and feel like they, that that person who is saying those negative things are right. Cause that's not they believe that that's, that's not right. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope that people can just be good people and root for each other. No matter if you're a competition or whatever, like you should always want the best for your neighbor or your friend or your family or whatever it is. Like you shouldn't ever tell someone that they can't do something just because you think they can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, yeah. Makes yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. You still have a long, long way to go and a long journey, Jen, but what would you say this far is that you're most proud of in your business career? Most proud of? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm pretty proud of the salon. <laughs> The, the, I mean, you know, yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's a big stage. It's a big, yes. Yeah. The journey okay. that it took to get here. Yes. I'm very proud of my team. My team has grown a lot, um, individually and as a whole, you know, before yes. I started with one assistant and now I have two stylists and three assistants and one front desk person. So you have a total of six now in your team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I started with one. I think team is very important surrounding yourself with good, positive people. Right. What, how do you find them, your team? Um, so my, my first assistant, her name is Kara. She actually was working with me at that old salon and she actually followed me when I started my own thing. Oh, okay. And then, um, you know, slowly one by one, everyone kind of, you know, people started joining, but 
I feel like, I mean, Instagram is a great platform because people look at your work and they say, I want to work here. or I think I'll get a lot of experience working here or I like the way she does this or whatever. So that actually attracts a lot of potential assistants and whether a stylist or assistant or, you know, receptionist or anything. Um, Have you hired someone like that from social media? Someone reaching out to you saying, oh, I, follow, I love your work. And yeah. Oh, okay. So actually, my second style is Daisy. She's actually, Kara found her on Instagram. Ah. And, yeah, and now they're both, like, best friends, and they're, they work together. They're hard workers. They're, Kara's, like, 21. Daisy's 23. They're very young. Okay. And I'm their mom. So <laughs> that's what they say. And then everyone else kind of came from word of mouth or friends of friends or um, you know, like, oh, I know this person, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. Yeah. I I posted on my Instagram a while ago that I was hiring an assistant and that's how I found one of my assistants. Okay. I found all of my assistants, but yeah. What, What advice would you give someone who wanted to start their own hair salon business as far as what to do, what not to do? Um, to like put it very, um, simply is just save a lot of money, save a lot of money. You're going to need a lot more than what you think, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That happens. That happens with the build out, with the construction phase. Yes. Oh yeah. And you know, like, you know, the way. Um, but yeah, that would be my biggest thing is save a lot of money. That's pretty important. And yeah, when you think you have enough, it's probably not because even at the end of the day, when you are done with everything, you have a little bit left over. That's a great feeling, you know, Okay. to be over prepared for something, which I was not. (laughs) So I wish, I wish I had taken that different approach in the beginning. If I had to go back, um, I would make sure that I have a lot more money saved up to ease any kind of pain and stress that I had due to money. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> I don't know if you look up to anyone in the hair salon business, um, but if so, what would you want to know from anyone that you sort of admire that's in your field? If you were able to ask them anything. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like, I mean, I think, like, one of the things I can think of is, like, how do you deal with clients who, or people in general who are, I don't know, not very nice, or, you know, there's been instances where I'll leave the salon, like, bawling my eyes out because a client has said something to me that hurt my feelings or said something to my my team that hurt their feelings and, you know, in a position of power as the owner or the boss, you have to step up and, and defend your team no matter what, you know, but, um, you know, there's been instances where you feel also defeated and you feel like maybe you didn't do that great of a job today. Um, you know, you could have done way better on this haircut if you had just taken your time or things like that. Like you beat yourself down. So I think, um, you know, you're dealing with people's appearances here. So it's a lot of, a lot of pressure, not going to lie. especially women who are maybe going through something or going through a breakup or going through a new job interview and they need to look their best. And if you don't nail it that first time, you don't get a second shot, you know? Okay. Uh, So I think if I were to ask someone who has been in this industry for 20, 30 years, it would be like, how do you deal with that constant like stress and need for perfection every single time? But I don't think anyone will ever have an answer for that but that's okay. You know, because everyone deals with things differently. So, but yeah. So now Jen, we're heading into the fast round the fast round basically is I give a statement and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? (laughs) It's not that bad. (laughs) Not good. I'm not. Okay. I'll try. What, What would you say is your biggest challenge so far with the salon? Oh God. Um, coronavirus. That, that is it. That's a huge one. Yeah. Coronavirus. That's it. 
Because <laughs> if that if that didn't happen, then yeah, it, I think we would be okay. I would be fine. I would be good, you know. But because of all the regulations and craziness going on, it's just it's literally another thing where it's like. I mean, no one was prepared for it, of course, you know. Of course. But we all are just like scrambling around trying to get, you know, things back to normal, normal, as much normal as possibly. Yeah. It's a big setback. But the important thing, Jen, is you have your lights on, you're open for business. Yeah. I know Monday was your first day open again. Yeah. Um, some business, unfortunately, especially retail businesses, are not opening some of them. Right. Um, yeah. And my team is healthy. Everyone is healthy. Oh, most importantly, yes. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, super important. You know, without my team, I can't do anything. You know, I wouldn't have this place. So they're always first priority for me, no matter what. Um, But yeah, the fact that everyone's healthy and everyone's kind of like, kind of scared to come back to work, but also kind of not. Like they're they're excited, but they're scared because of everything happening, you know. Sure, sure. What do you wish you would have known back then that you know now having your own hair salon business? Um, like the, like the whole contractor build out thing. That's one of the biggest things that, yeah, <laughs> that, that was hard. That was rough. Yeah. Pick, yeah. pick, pick the right one and, and make sure you have the proper documentation and, and yeah. And money. And yes, you mentioned the money earlier. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> when I say success, who is the first person you think of? Oh my God. Oh, I don't know. Anybody can be related to your field, can be unrelated. Success. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, like like a person? Like an actual person? It can be a person. It can be, yeah, it can, it can be even alive, not alive. It can be back in history. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't know. And if you don't have one, that's okay. Well, that's a very hard question i mean when i think of anyone like successful i think of someone super happy if that makes any difference it, it, it does make a big difference so you think of happiness i think of happiness okay I, I just can't think of an actual person no that's fine there are some people who have money and are successful but are not very happy absolutely yes yeah i like that happy happiness yeah do you have a mentor? Did you have a mentor going through this business? No, I did not. Okay. I, I understand you learn from a lot of different people, different things, techniques or promotion, marketing, whatever it may be. But as far as a mentor that you would talk to here and there, someone you looked up to in the industry. No, I, I wish I did though. Um, I wish I did because I think that would have alleviated a lot of pressure and stress on myself. Um, and for anyone who is going through something like opening their own business, regardless if it's a hair salon or something else, like I would love to talk to you because nobody talked to me and I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and I, and I was scared to ask, I was scared to ask people because already I was a minority female who is starting their own business. And that's to some people is a lot to bite off. Um, and you know, like I said before, as people wanted to see me fail and I would not let that happen, you know? Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what I want to uh, say. About I, I remember the first time we met or the first few times and we were talking, asking, you were asking questions. You're like, is it okay? I'm like, Jen, totally fine. You're like, oh, no, I don't know why you felt bad, but now I, now I understand. I still do that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I, you know, you always said to me, there's no such a thing as a stupid question. I'm like, oh, but wait, wait until I'm. No, not, and there, no, there isn't, no. There's a lot of stupid questions that can come out of my mouth right now. But, and yeah, and like, even to this day, like, I ask Jen a lot of questions, Jen and yeah, questions yeah. because I don't know. And they are own a restaurant, and that's nothing like a hair salon. So, you know, but they, you know, they do help me. So I think it's like, you know, like I said, is like every person I talk to, regardless if they're owner of a hair salon or a restaurant, or even just like my dad, who's the owner of a mechanic shop, like, you know, they all have their bits and pieces, their two cents to say. Um, and I'll take and take a little bit of each thing and yeah. kind of like make my own thing. So I guess I, I do have a lot of mentors, but 
not one in particular. That's good. Yeah. What What's the vision? What does the next five year look for you? What do you What do you have in mind to have? We're doing five year plans because I don't. They never work. Apparently, you know. No, they don't. But it, it, it's it's good to have something or think about it. Yeah. Well, so five years from now, I'll be five years into this lease, <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully by then, um, what I'll be thirty four. So. By then, I would like to start looking into um, opening my hair school because I do want to open a hair school eventually, which I will be hitting you up in five years, maybe, to find me a space for that. I think, I, I think it'll be sooner. I have a feeling it'll be sooner. <laughs> no, knowing you, Jen, you, you, you're, you're going to hit that mark before it's due. No, I don't even know when that mark would be. Like, I don't have any, you know, because I'm so against five-year plans now. But if yeah. I have to say that, I would say in f about five years, I would want to have an academy where I can teach people and educate people um, basically the things that I didn't get to learn in hair school or, you know, the real world. Like, you know, when you go in, you're in high school and you're like, why don't they teach you taxes in high school? Why don't they teach you things that are actually useful in the world? And they taught you how to balance a checkbook, for example, but yeah. they don't. Yeah, just yeah. basic. So yeah. Things like that, like, you know if I could have an academy and have people come and learn about how to do hair, how to properly advertise or whatever, you know, but I have to have a success story before I do that, before sure. I teach anyone anything. But, you know, education has been always like in the back of my mind, trying to teach people how to even do hair, how to cut hair. That's why I have my assistants who have to be my assistants before they become a stylist because I want them to learn the way I do things. Um, and that's just the way, I see things working well um, because I think everyone has their own unique way of putting their own like style and spin to it. But I think there's a certain way that people need to be, I guess, aided um, and not just like thrown out and being like, okay, here, cut this person's hair. And then they're, now they're scared. They're nervous. They, they are doubting themselves. And that's just not a good feeling for someone to start off their first day at work or something like that. So I want to like kind of build that up as I go. And that's the whole point of the academy in that maybe five years, maybe 10 years. Who knows? I love that part that you want to give back and you want to teach. Yeah. That's always something nice. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important because you know, the beauty industry is always changing too. So you can never really be too good at something. You always have to kind of, you have to be good at adapting. You have to be good at being resilient, you know, so, it's always evolving. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there's different trends and different styles that come out and things like, you know, different, you know, I guess, looks and desires that people want. So, you know, as a hairstylist, you have the ability to manipulate hair to do what you want it to do. And that could change someone's appearance as a whole. Yeah. In their confidence level and stuff. And that's super important. What do you like to do in, uh, in your free time for fun? <laughs> when you're outside of the business? Um, depending on where I am, of course, I like to go travel and all these things. But I think just being around friends and family, as cliche as it sounds, I think being around friends and family is so important too. But I don't have any like cool, fun hobbies or anything. I'm not like... <laughs> I'm not like an ice skater or anything. <laughs> I don't do anything cool like that. But I think just, you know seeing family and friends and, you know, doing things that I wouldn't do when I'm at the salon, of course. Yeah. All the time, but. No, I'm, family and friends is important. Yeah. As far as traveling, did you have a, a favorite destination or place you'd like to visit or that you would want to visit? Now would, that hopefully we can start traveling sometime soon. Sometime soon, yeah. I would love to go to Korea again. Um, I when went was there the last time you went? Years ago. How long ago? I'm sorry. Three or three or four years ago. Okay. Do you yeah. still have family back there? Um, I did, but they all moved back. To, oh, okay. Yeah, no family over there anymore. But I would love to go and go. Last time I went there for only six days to see my grandma, but now she lives here in Germantown. Okay. So um, I would love to go back and go there for like two, three weeks and like really, you know, learn about my culture because I don't even speak Korean because I'm the worst Korean. But, you know, like, I wish I did and I wish I learned and my dad speaks like very little English, but we'll, we can talk to each other, you know, but 
my stepmom, uh, she doesn't speak any English, so I feel bad for her because I can talk to her. I can, but I like it's not good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Six days is short, especially for such a far trip. Yeah. At least a couple weeks for something. That... You no, know, I wanted to visit my grandma on her birthday. It's my mom's mom, so I wanted okay. to on her birthday and I kind of like surprised her okay. I was by myself so it was my first trip alone to Korea my my stylist who cuts my hair is also from Korea her name is Jin mm-hmm. and um, when she goes with her husband she's there for a few months yeah that's um, what you're supposed to do I want to do that <laughs> but I, you know but I mean now I, I don't know if I can but yeah maybe in four years yeah, maybe in four years. So, so, so that would be your next place you would want to go as far as international, go back home. Well, not home, but go, go where to yeah. go. Yeah, okay. Go see my mom and dad's home, I guess. Yes, yes. I would want to do that. And then, you know, of course, just like going, just traveling and seeing other places too, of course. Okay. I would say, realistically speaking, that would be the first place I would go. Do you have a favorite place? Would it be Korea as well or, or something else that you've already gone to that you loved? Not really. I, I like a lot of like tropical places, so, okay. like areas. Like, you know, I love Mexico. Sure. I'll go to Mexico whenever I can. Okay. Um, but, you know, I like more like tropically, like relaxing vacations rather than like super busy city. Okay. That's like, yeah, it's like something I would have to really like prepare myself for because I'm not a big city person. Um, I prefer the countryside or the beach like much more than any kind of like busy streets or cities and stuff. Yeah. Like it being calm and tranquil and just, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Like my brain is always like this. So I would like to just not. You need a break. Yes. Okay. I understand. I get it. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much for coming. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Where, where could the audience follow you? Um, on Instagram. Okay. Uh, What's the handle? Is the at sign, uh, the Jen Shin. So and okay. N-S-H-I-N. Yeah. There you go. You can see it above her. Okay. Yeah. And then if Beautiful. you're on Buffalo Pike, you can see me. I'm like right across from what? Talk about Iron Age. Yeah. You're right on Rocco Pike. Rocco Pike. Yeah. You can see it from this, you know, come say hi. Well, uh, maybe after COVID. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to have people in here apparently. Like, yeah, we don't have appointments. So. Hopefully we'll be at 100% capacity soon for all these businesses. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're saying end of June. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Thanks again, Jen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Take care. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.